Happy, happy Tuesday, everyone. This week on the Living for Food pod, I have a talented influencer who is known for taking sweet treats to the next level, was named on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, and he even has his own cookbook. You may recognize him on Instagram at Succulent Bite or his name, Nico Norena. This podcast I was actually editing during the lovely California hurricane, which I didn't expect to have to deal with when I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast, but here we are. I also experienced my first earthquake. Well, I think it was actually considered a tremor in my area, but I was experiencing that while I was editing this podcast as well, so... I just hope you enjoy it twice as much, and I really enjoyed this conversation. We talked cooking tips, entrepreneurial advice, and we mentioned cheesecake probably more than your regular podcast. So please join me in welcoming Nico Norena. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad we could make it work. Honestly, this morning I <laughs> was at the gym and I was like, uh-huh. you emailed me, I was home, but then I saw, I was like, oh, 11 a.m. Eastern in my head. And I was like, okay, it's in my head, 11 a.m., 11 a.m., 11 a.m. And I knew Eastern was in my head, but for some reason I just missed <laughs> it. I, I didn't do the math to do it earlier. No. Yeah, 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 I completely understand. Honestly, it happened to me too. I was like, oh, this was an hour ago. And I was like, you know, already hopped on the call. I was ready, you know, to rock. And then and then I see I'm, I'm like, she's not on. And then I go and see and I'm like, oh, wow, it's because I'm an hour late, which is when I sent you the email. I'm like, oh, my God, it's me, <laughs> you know. But, no, uh, that like, really worked out because I would not have been on an hour before. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good. Totally so we were both on time. I yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked back in February. That was mm-hmm. when we kind of connected because you were going to the South Beach Wine and Food Festival, I believe. Yes, correct. For FoodieCon. Yeah, right, right. For FoodieCon. So, but you've had a big year because I remember right after we talked, you got married. Yes, yes. We got married in February. Actually, our six-month anniversary is coming up this Friday, so very excited. Uh, but yeah, time flies. Yeah, we got married in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I remember messaging you, and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to post your article soon. And then you're like, oh, I'm actually like, and you were all posting that you were getting married. And I was like, oh, I think he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love the articles, though. I, I, I reshared them, too. They were amazing. Very well-written, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you also had a big year. You turned 30, I saw, and then you went on your honeymoon recently. So how has life yes. been? It's been a little crazy. I'm I sure. mean, honestly, honestly, Olivia, I can't complain. I have to say that it's been a blessing to, yes, it's been a fantastic year. And, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it's still going to be an amazing rest of the year and years to come. But yes, it was, it has been wonderful, full of, like, like you mentioned, full of you know, life milestones if you will so you know getting married turning 30 going on a dream honeymoon so i mean i think all of those definitely are blessed blessings left and right for sure it's been incredible yeah i'm <laughs> yeah. sure i'm sure it's crazy i know i heard your um 
30s are kind of your best years. So I'm glad that's <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, that's the thing I told myself when I was 20, and 20s were fantastic. So now that's exactly my mindset for 30s. 30s are like the best decade. You know, we're going in full steam, absolutely epic. You know, incredible. So, so yeah. So I'm setting setting it up so that it, hopefully it's another amazing, <laughs> amazing decade. It's going to be, I'm sure you're, you're doing really well. I want to get into your food background a little bit. I know we've talked about it a little bit previously. You grew up in Madrid, but what were your family meals like for you growing up? What did food look like for you? So growing up, you know, it's interesting. I think that everybody has different traditions, right? But at the end of the day, it most of the time comes back to togetherness and unity, right? So for example, growing up in Spain, a tradition we had was every Sunday we would get together with the family and we would have lunch. But when I talk about lunch, I'm talking like three and a half to four hour lunches, right? So it was like a, an activity more than more than a meal um, where we either got together at my grandma's house or my aunt's house. My house, not so often, but, you know, one of the two or at a restaurant. But when it was at my grandma's or my aunt's, it was it usually involved family cooking, right? So my grandma would whip up amazing dishes like for the whole family and dessert and it would be a whole thing and we would sit down and you know, we would all thank her and, and, and compliment the cooking and we'd spend hours um chatting throughout the, the the entire afternoon, right? You know, being just being present, being in the moment and enjoying delicious food together. Same thing goes when we went out to a restaurant, you know, meals in Spain are long meals, right? So it was not odd for a family of 10 or 12 to sit down at a table and spend four, four hours at a restaurant because, you know, you'd keep, you know, consuming, whether it's uh, for the adults, it was a glass of wine and, you know, the appetizers and then, you know, the digestive and, you know, we had the main dishes and the whole night, right? It was the, the whole spectrum of of uh, of your culinary experience at a restaurant and and that's something we would do you know on a, on a weekly basis so food has always been present in my life it's always been a central part of my life as well and it's definitely something that you know has inspired me to create what i create you know today absolutely so did you take siesta after to take a nap after those long, big meals <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 siesta you know i was never a siesta person but definitely my grandma sometimes she definitely snuck in a little she was like oh yeah i'll be right back and then 35 40 minutes later she comes out like oh yeah yeah oh. and i'm like ah good nap huh <laughs> <laughs> i have to do that i mean like thanksgiving every thanksgiving i'm always exhausted a hundred percent no of course what we call the food coma <laughs> of course the food coma um i experience that frequently absolutely yeah oh yeah <laughs> with your page being mostly focused on sweets did you have a favorite dessert as a kid what did you normally opt towards you know i i did interestingly enough and i'm not going to say this you know, setting myself up for success in my answer. I, this is a genuine answer. When I was okay. little, I, yo, no, you'll see why. When I was okay. little, I loved cheesecakes. And the, what happened was one summer I used to come visit my dad during the summer because my parents were divorced since I was little. So I used to come well, during the summer to visit him here in Miami. And he once took me to Cheesecake Factory, or I believe it was Cheesecake Factory. And I tried the Oreo cheesecake for the first time. And here I was, you know, nine years old, trying out like this Oreo decadent American cheesecake. I was like, what is this? This is incredible. You know, 
and and the the flavor is super unique to what U.S. cheesecake looks like. I travel back to Madrid and I start you know, going to all these different restaurants where I usually go on Sunday or during the week with my mom or whatever. And I order cheesecake everywhere I can, right? And nowhere could I find that same flavor that I had here in here in Miami or here in Cheesecake Factory. So what happens is I start testing and taste testing cheesecakes throughout my life, everywhere I used to go for probably a, a good amount, like five, six years. And, you know, I finally realized, I, I started learning that there were different kinds of cheesecakes, that they were made with different kinds of cheeses, that, you know, that they were, could be baked in different ways. And that's kind of what, that was my, 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 my go-to dessert when I was little. And I think that's what inspires so much of the desserts and cheesecakes that you see today on the South Carolina Bite. Yeah, I was going to say, cheesecakes are very prevalent on your page. And yeah. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. But that's why I told you it was a very honest answer. I, I was not setting myself up for success with that. I promise. It was it was genuine. <laughs> yeah. I did I did notice that I was gonna ask you um about the cheesecake situation. Because they all look very delicious, but yeah. you tend to come up with a lot of different varieties. Are you able to keep that inspiration kind of going or do you find yourself stuck sometimes? You know, I do. And the way, okay, so yes and no. So I do like to keep my inspiration going in the sense that I try to gather. Okay, so for me, a cheesecake is like a blank canvas, right? The crust can be in different varieties. The mix in the middle can be different varieties. And the toppings, you can get as creative as you want with what you want to top it with, decorations, etc. So in short, I don't usually run out of ideas. But, but, but I will tell you that, yes, I mean, there's there's a point where you have to start, you know, getting creative and saying okay maybe you know how can i how can i make this different so you create i don't know maybe a a passion fruit reduction to put on top so it starts getting a little more more you know exquisite if you will so less out of stepping a little bit out of the out of the basics of what you usually would find and then exploring a little bit what you know how to make as well and incorporating fruits and different uh maybe varieties of chocolate or different you know different cookies and 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 being able to combine that into a concoction if you will so Correct. So this is all kind of stuff you learned from your family and kind of trial and error at home, right? You didn't Correct. go to culinary school or anything. Okay. No, no, I didn't go to culinary school. I was uh, self-taught for everything I've learned so far. <laughs> and and I don't get me wrong, there's plenty for me to learn. And I'm always excited to try out different things and, and you know, hopefully attend classes soon on baking and, and understanding a little bit more about the chemistry behind cakes that I make and, and, and all this, right? And, and being able to expand my creativity in this way as well. Not necessarily culinary school, like the full three years or whatever, but maybe right. courses, correct? To, to become a more expert in what I already do. I think that's a good idea. Have you ever considered teaching yourself? Maybe like a cheesecake course for yeah. your followers? <laughs> you know, I did do once a... I did once do a, a live stream, if you will, and then I, I went through the steps. I really liked it, and people really enjoyed it. I yes, I definitely would consider creating sort of a of a master class, if you will, or or a short course or whatever people find value in. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be a really good idea. Then you began Succulent Bite, which is obviously your brand, but you were practicing as a sales rep in the pharmaceutical industry. I saw correct. How did the idea come about? Was this a side hustle for you that turned into a career kind of thing? Succulent bite, you mean? 
Yes. Ah, yes. So, well, okay. So background, I went to school for marketing and sales at FIU right here in Miami. And then based on that, you know, I, from there, I, yes, I migrated into, into pharmaceutical sales in parallel. I did start succulent bite in college, right? So it was an idea that came about from saying, okay, how am I going to combine my passion for food, for photography in that time, you know, Instagram videos were not a thing. So it was just food and photos. Right. So that's kind of what I, you know, that's kind of what I did. I, I in college, I said, Hey, I'm going to start this new page. Uh, yes, it definitely did start as a hobby because it was nothing that, you know, in, influencer marketing was not a thing necessarily in 2009 or eight. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't have the following, right? I was just getting started. So I was going through the ropes, learning, understanding. So yes, it did start as a, as a hobby. But it always, I always had kind of like the, the mentality of maybe this could be something one day, which is why from the beginning, I incorporated it as a business and I came up with a catchy name that I trademarked. And, you know, I took all the necessary steps from within the first year and a half in order to be able to, you know, if that were to turn into something in the future that I could actually, you know, you know, build, build it as a, a structured business. Right. And yeah, and that was kind of the course of action I took. Was there ever a point where you felt like it might not actually work or you didn't think it was worth the extra time maybe? No. You know what? I, I have to say, you know, the, the, the famous imposter syndrome, correct, right? Is, is it, am I good enough? Is this actually going to work, right? <laughs> and yes, I mean, in short, yes, obviously that's, that's happened to me. And I think when you ask any entrepreneur out there if they've ever dealt with imposter syndrome, the answer is absolutely yes. But, but, I don't, but it never got to the point where I didn't believe in myself enough to say, no, you know what, we're going to keep going because I always knew what my vision was. I've always said since, since I was probably a teenager that, I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to, you know, run my own thing and not be an employee throughout my entire life. That was just my personal preference, right? And I built that, you know, from the beginning. And yes, there were times of doubt and self-doubt and whatnot. But obviously there were times where I said, but, but, uh, but at the same time I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly capable. I will make this work. And, and most of the times it wasn't a, a matter of, will it work or not for actual tangible reasons? It's usually that little voice in your head that just puts stuff into doubt for no no reason specifically, right? And that's that's what you have to learn right. to control. And that's what I did, and here we are. Yeah. yeah, and then you made it onto the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Yeah, yes, 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 I did, correct. <laughs> that's wild. What were your first thoughts? When did you, like, how did you find out what was your reaction? I was extremely excited. Well, I believe they announced in December is when they make their announcement. Um, yeah, and I, yeah. I woke up to an email basically of Randall Lane saying, "Congratulations, you're you're accepted." You're, because I, I applied, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I did an apply. Of course, I, I went through the application process, you know, and okay. and when I got that that congratulations, uh, welcome to the Forbes Under Thirty class of twenty twenty three. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I jumped. I went to wake up my wife. I was like, "Oh my god, look at what happened!" And we were both jumping in excitement at the house, and it was it was awesome. It was a it was very exciting. It was an exciting accomplishment, a huge milestone in my career as well. And yeah, I mean, I think it had been a dream for for many many years. So being able to materialize that and make it come to life was incredible. Kind of touched upon this too when you were speaking on how you acquired your business but do you have any advice for people looking to turn their side hustle or it doesn't have to just be content creation mm -hmm. but 
into in general. a full-fledged career. Right. Yeah. In general. in general. Well, I think that, and, and I agree with you, it doesn't have to be content creation. I think this applies to any person out there who is looking to build a brand and take it as a full-time job or build a concept or, you know, who, who has that entrepreneurial spirit and sense and notion of where they want to take their things. I have to say the number one thing is be consistent and be disciplined because, you know, what happens when I think motivation is important. Yes, you have to be motivated, but motivation takes you, you know, up to a certain, up to a certain point, right? It takes you halfway. But what happens on those days where the imposter syndrome kicks in or when you're tired after work and you don't want to, you know, keep at it or when you start saying, ah, is this really worth it? That is where discipline and self-drive and, and having clear goals in mind really come into kick, kick in, right? And, and, and come into play. So I'd say, you know, be consistent, be disciplined in what you're doing, keep at it, right? Don't give up. If something's not working, don't just throw it away, pivot. You know, why is it not working? What, what do we need to change? You know, and right. is it me? Is it the audience? Is it, or is it, is it, if it's a, it's a, it's a product, you know, is it, is the, is the, the product, does it need something else? Does it need something less? Uh, am I asking the right people for feedback? Also, that's another big one is be very careful with who you ask for their opinion, right? Because not everybody can give you an unbiased and objective opinion, correct? Some, some people, you know, they, they, for any reason, uh, whatever it may be, they might not give you the best advice. And, and that could really hurt you, especially when you're dealing with that emotional roller coaster, right? That it takes uh, as an entrepreneur to succeed and, and being able to manage that with opinions that are not necessarily aligned with you. It could it could really derail you a little bit, right? So so that's another one is be conscious and what's it called in, in, intentional with who you ask for advice and who you decide to partner with in order to be able to to keep building a structured and robust uh, platform or or company or product or yeah. Right. No, that's extremely interesting. That's mm-hmm. that's gonna make me think a little bit because. Who did you really, you don't have to like say names or anything, but I'm just curious, what relationships did you reach out for that gave you that unbiased opinion? Because I, I would assume that family can't really do that. Huh. It depends on the family members, I suppose. I'd like to, you know, from my personal experience, I rarely ask for opinions, to be honest with you. I, I there was, there's been yeah. very few instances, yeah, where I actually go and say, what do you think I should do? Because the reality is, unless they're already doing, they probably don't know either. So I have asked people who I look up to in the industry or mm-hmm. in, in other industries that, that I see that there is value in, in their voice and their opinion because of their proven track record, for example. I've asked, yes, mm-hmm. I've asked, I guess, family members, my mom, I've asked her at some point in time. My wife, Ariana, is extremely involved, mm-hmm. and she's one that I, that I consult with all the time as well. Right. But the thing is that we're, with her and I, we're extremely like aligned in everything we do, and she's here 24-7. She right. sees the ins and outs, so she gets the game, right? So her, her opinion mm-hmm. for me is huge. And yeah, so it's a it's select, select group of people, you know, that my dad, for example, he, he, sometimes he doesn't like to give me opinions, but he says, you know, I don't know if, what the right answer to that may be. However, let me share with you because he reads a lot and he listens to a ton of like business podcasts. And he said, but let me share with you what I learned the other day. And you can digest it as however you please. And I love that because I'm like, okay, you know, I take his knowledge, what he, what he shares with me. It's a moment of spending quality time with your family. Another important one is work-life balance, extremely important. And 
you know, you apply that right. however you feel could could benefit you, right? So few people, a <laughs> few people, I have to say. Okay, okay, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like nowadays too, and even I experience this as well, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you expect quick results and quick success mm-hmm. really fast. It's just the culture that we live mm-hmm. in. But I'm very much realizing, even through this podcast or through my writing, that it takes so much time to actually kind of, you don't have to maybe set a destination, but kind of a goal Correct. that you were, that you want to do that. But I find that, I find that extremely interesting too. And my dad sends me that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And I completely agree with you with what you're saying about, about, you know, how, how it not always, you know, it, it, it's not an overnight success, right? If, if it was, then everybody, you know, would be doing it. And, and that's something it's also important to remind yourself is to be very patient. You know, like Gary Vee says, be patient, be consistent, you'll get there, enjoy the process and, and understand that it's a process at the end of the day, right? From, from point A to point B and from point B to point C and from C to D, et cetera, there's always going to be a process in between, whether it's a little faster, a little slower in between some points, but you'll eventually, you know, get there as long as you're consistent and dedicated and disciplined, et cetera. Right. See, sometimes I lack that because I'm like, I want to be at a top company now. (laughs) But, you know, I can't snap my fingers to make that happen. But I'm working on it. This podcast episode, it's all all working out. Of course. Are you kidding? You're doing amazing. You're doing amazing. Seriously. I mean, that's that's one of the things. Yeah. No, absolutely incredible. I actually noticed now that we're kind of talking about opinions that you don't do collaborations often. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for that? Or you just enjoy kind of doing your own thing? Collaborations with other creators, you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, there is, there is uh, no, actually, I have a, a couple coming up within the next two weeks. The thing is, so, so here's the deal. There is no, there is oh. no particular reason. I actually want to do more collaborations with other creators. It's just that I haven't, okay. I have to be again, more intentional of, you know, exploring that avenue of content creation and being more proactive as well with taking the time and reaching out and flying out or flying in or whatever it is, arranging it, right? Because sometimes I get caught up in the, I'm filming this content this week and I just go, 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 go. And sometimes it's important to Mm -hmm. take a step back and say, okay, if I want to incorporate this other line of content, which is with other creators, which I definitely do, then... I have to, mm-hmm. you know, be intentional and, and, and set it up, right? So that I get the ball rolling. And, and that's what something I've been working on doing. And I, yeah, I have two, two uh, big collaborations coming up, which are really cool. They're already recorded and ready to go. Uh, we just have to publish them, but, but they're, they're cool. They're amazing. <laughs> they're wonderful Yay. people, yeah. Can you give me details on that or is that an underwrap? No, 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 of course, no. Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm working with uh, two, what do you mean? Like with their accounts, you mean, or... or? Yeah, like who are you working with? What are you, what are you making? Ah, okay. So there is uh, two content creators from Argentina. Uh, their name are Las Recetas de Simon and Ailu Tokman, I believe, okay. uh, is her handle. And what we're doing is we're creating, we're recreated already this delicious cheesecake, right? So it's going to be a dulce leche cheesecake on an Oreo oh, crust. I'm sorry, no, an Oreo cheesecake <laughs> on an Oreo crust with a dulce leche ganache on top, and it's going to have crumbled Oreos as well. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's amazing so that's coming up uh this week and that's going to be a, a three person collab right so it's them two and myself and we're just linking all accounts going like that so that should be a lot of fun oh, and fun. then i'm doing another another um 
another collab with a friend who's, uh, his name is Mario, uh, Mario Ruiz from, from Colombia. And we're doing a super cool churro collaboration, like a giant churro collab with uh, chocolate. Super cool. Yeah. They're both coming up uh, probably within this week and the following. Oh, I'll look out for it. Do you have an Oreo collaboration or sponsorship? Because you, you should. You know, not yet. <laughs> and Nabisco, please, come on. We need to make this happen. Oreo, come on, guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh, it's got yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay, okay. I saw it too. Now that you're t- talking about a giant churro, I saw that you had the um, giant croissant and cappuccino yes. like a few yes, weeks ago. Yes, in Dubai. Was it? In okay. Dubai, yes, correct. Real talk. What did you actually do with it? Did you eat it? Like <laughs> to be honest with you, what's uh, the deal? I took a bite out of it. I mean, I'd used it obviously for the video, took okay. a bite out of it, whatever. And then you know, we cut off the edge, and then you know, the staff in the restaurant just kind of portions that out and eat, eat it, eats it within them, you know, if you will. Because I mean, realistically speaking, it was a churro that I mean, sorry, it was a a, a, a huge croissant. It was probably what maybe twelve croissants in one or, or fifteen even. It was a very big one. And, you know, myself, I cannot finish that. So, but, but that's, I'm very, I'm very transparent with, with what I do with all my, you know, with all my leftover foods. For example, at home, every, every cheesecake and everything that I bake and or brownies or cupcakes or whatever it is, I usually just kind of give it out around my building or, or around like the, the, you know, the staff and whatnot. And people love it. I have a couple of videos showcasing that too. But yeah, the, the latte is the interesting part. It's five liter latte. It's huge. It's a very big latte. I mean, we're talking like a big latte, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, my recommendation, go with like a group of six or seven people and then you kind of indulge together. That's what it's intended to be. At that point, you should just get a ladle. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I would have totally taken a cruise. Is that I don't have that many, you know, I don't have seven friends in Dubai. <laughs> so, but if I did, I would have <laughs> Absolutely, fair. for sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's definitely fair. I did see you were I was this for your birthday that you gave out a bunch of chocolate cake? Uh yes. I did like do a that? video for giving out chocolate cake for my birthday, correct. Oh, very yeah. cute. What was your first viral video? Do you remember? Ooh, my first viral video was probably years ago, but I can't remember. I wouldn't be able to remember exactly which one. I guess it depends viral at what point in my in my, you know, in Succulent Bites lifespan, right? If you look at 2010, a viral video for uh, an account with whatever, 100,000 followers. I probably at that time had maybe a video that had 150, 200,000 views. And that was insane. I mean, because, you know, whoa, you know, it's like the more than 100% engagement. I mean, whatever, you know, however you look at it. And, and uh, so that, I mean, that was huge at that point. And then obviously with time recently, I've had videos with maybe, I believe, maybe 15, 16, million views 18 million here and there i in facebook the other day i had uh i had one that i filmed in where was it that was in oman actually at, at uh, six senses in ziggy bay we i filmed like this this beautiful saj bread which they fill with nutella and that video on facebook i believe it's at 38 million views so that see that was another very viral one as well wow. yeah. Yeah. i need to switch to facebook okay <laughs> i hate facebook if I'm being honest, I don't know how it works. I never figured okay. it out. I, <laughs> I like need to. Sw- I know it's a platform I need absolutely. to be on, but maybe. No, absolutely. Look, Facebook Reels <laughs> is a huge, huge opportunity. It's a, it's a market that's, it's already existent, obviously, and it's, and it keeps growing. But, but Reels is, it's an amazing space to be in, really. I mean, you get that virality 
uh, sporadically. I'm not going to say every time, but but you know there is pretty consistent viewership, right. and then all of a sudden you get these beautiful outliers that just explode, you know, and and, and go ultra viral. But but yeah, Facebook, you definitely be on Facebook for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I'll do it. But do you find that a lot of your followers come back and actually are using your recipes or going to your recommendations? Yeah, absolutely. And I get DMs from them all the time uh, and, and story tags where they say, you know, I came here for Nico's recommendation. But mostly I also get DMs saying, you know, oh, this is look, I'm trying out that crunch cheesecake or I'm trying out that Twix cheesecake or that banana loaf bread that you did the other day. I'm trying that out too. And then you see them in their kitchen with all the fun stuff. And I, and I love that, you know, because that means that they really take, they really take in what I'm, what I'm putting out. And then they also, you know, enjoy that because I have tons of DMs saying, I made that mango cheesecake. I took it to family dinner and I was like the total MVP that night. Everybody was going crazy about it. And imagine, I mean, imagine the impact. That that has in, in that person's meal. Going back to what we discussed in the beginning of you know of, of the podcast, saying, oh, you know how I grew up and and, you know, and around the table with the family and everything. Imagine you know now being able to bring in right. that component into the table. I think that's that's awesome. I mean, that's that's personally what I love most about what I do is is that impact, that real life impact that I can have in people. So that's special. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really that's really sweet. No, no pun intended there, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's interesting, too, because a lot of food creators that I've spoken to in the past, sometimes they get hate for like recipes that they do. Do you find that you experience that? I feel like you have such like a nice page, but uh, I don't know what people would say. That's yeah. Oh, that oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, I mean, look, I think that there is always going to be the the lovers, the haters and the in between who, you know, don't really care much. Yeah, I have to say that. I, I like it when there's controversy because that means that I'm stirring conversation and it's okay. You know, it's okay. I mean, there's things that I've prepared, for example, Indian dishes, which I've learned how to make, you know, by looking at, you know, seven, eight, ten videos online, understanding what the ingredients are, understanding why, you know, things are cooked the way they are and teaching myself. Right. And then I go try it out. But I'm very honest. I'm like, guys, this is the first time I'm trying this and it's probably not going to be perfect. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's people that say you did great wow that was so good you know next time just constructively make sure that the chicken whatever there's others that are like you destroyed this dish how dare you i'm like you know it's okay you can't please everybody and that's fine (laughs) it's just you know at the beginning it really i had a hard time with it because i was like oh you know back to the imposter sound i'm like is should i maybe have not done that is that is that insult you know am i doing it am i I not doing it right and then you know you understand that you can be perfect. You can try. You can definitely try to put out the best you can. And who likes it, likes it. Who doesn't like it, it's okay. And and, and it's fine. As long as you're keeping it, yeah. Exactly. And I'm sure you get more positive than, than not, too. Oh, yeah. I, de- I definitely get more positive, for yeah. sure. For sure. It's usually a very positive uh, conversation. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I get haters. People find yeah. me on my Instagram, too, and they're like, you know, I-, I hope the person who wrote this to me isn't listening to this. You know that, you know, you've dedicated your whole life to food writing and XYZ article, like, just didn't show your skills. And I was like, who who are you? <laughs> yeah. And have they taken the time to dissect every single article you've written to be able to make an educated comment? Going back to the comments that we're asking. I mean, yeah, just based on one article that maybe to their liking. I mean, you know, you can't 
you can't beat yourself up. Exactly. Actually, I hope that person is listening to this because then they're giving me another download. So. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm going to get into cooking tips and tricks here. So say you're craving something sweet and it's nighttime, but you only want to use a few ingredients. What are you making? Something sweet, it's nighttime, few ingredients, loaf cake. Loaf cake, for sure. Uh, you know, if, if you love chocolate, a chocolate loaf cake, a blueberry loaf cake, um, those tend to be extremely easy okay. to make. It's no more than seven or eight ingredients if off the top of my head. I don't think so. And yeah, and they bake in 45, 50 minutes, depending on the size of the pan, and you're good. And then you, you know, you let it cool slightly or not, and you slice and enjoy. It, it's super quick to whip up. And it's easy to combine with anything you want. If you want to add some ice cream on top, beautiful. If you want to add some food preserves, right. or I'm sorry, not food preserves, uh, fruit preserves, yeah. you know, jams or, or reductions or whatever you want to add it, beautiful as well. If you just want to have it by itself, great. Glass of milk, awesome. You know, it's very versatile. Yeah, I agree too. I, the other day I actually made, this isn't really a loaf cake, but I did make banana bread. And Oh, yeah, that's true, 100%. In the shape of a loaf? Yeah, in the shape of a loaf. Exactly. So I guess it's kind of a loaf cake. I don't know. Similar. And how was it? Delicious. I did it. It was actually Butternut Bakery's recipe. Do you follow her at all? Do you know who that is? I don't, but I will check You should check her out. Him or her? She has um, really, she's gone viral for quite a few things. She had some cinnamon rolls on her page that I made and like everyone in my family was drooling over them. They were so good. That's awesome. And, you know, I love that. That's so cool. Really good recipes too. But yeah, I needed to try something out. It was a Saturday night and I didn't want to go out. And I was like, I'm going to make banana bread instead. <laughs> and I was. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. So. There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing. So a lot of your page two opts more into travels. What are <laughs> the top desserts you've ever eaten? You could kind of narrow it. I know it's hard to narrow it down to one. I feel like that might be hard because you've gone a lot of places, but. The actual dish or maybe the locations where I've had them? Let's do location. Locations. Okay. Innovative and creative. Sydney in Australia, for sure. I mean, yeah. they have had, when I mean, that was back in the day, but I remember having the most crazy chocolate desserts with these beautiful crepe decorations and. I even had Pokemon burgers there while I was there. And, and well, that was not a dessert, but still pretty cool, right? So I think Sydney definitely is up there on my list of, like, foodie destinations. Greece, not for desserts, but definitely for my favorite just food overall. I'm going to say, you know, I probably had gyros every single day <laughs> while I was there in all of its shapes and forms and everything. And it was it was fantastic. So I think those are, like, my two top destinations for like foodie travel one that i look forward to going and again not for dessert but for savory food is india i really want to go to india and do like a culinary tour and try out authentic dishes and and enjoy and immerse myself in all those flavors and spices they use fun fact about me i love like spiced food not necessarily just spicy but just spiced in general right i'd say i'd say those are my Two visited and one that I want to go to. 
Okay, no, that's interesting that your top two are Australia and Greece. I wouldn't have expected that. I don't know what I would have thought, but not those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have some. Oh, and in Greece, in Greece, in Mykonos specifically, little cafe like off the street of one of the beautiful streets of Mykonos, we had this crepe that was the size of my chest, probably was huge, and it was filled with ice cream and Nutella and Kinder Bueno sauce and a bunch of stuff. And I was like, it was incredible. So, you know, that's another one to go overindulge. Well, that's anything that. that's built. Uh, did it have Oreos though? That's yeah, absolutely. 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 <laughs> of course it did. Okay. So Big shout out to Oreos once again. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything with Nutella is going to be a win, but crepes are literally yeah. amazing. I want to know how you kind of find good restaurants. Do they reach out to you when you travel or do you do your own research or have something in mind? How does that kind of work? Well, I like to do my own research and it depends on what I'm looking for, right? If I'm looking for spots to go film, I like to look not necessarily like at top charts, but mostly I, I look on Instagram. Like I start, you know, let's say I'm going to, I don't know, uh, Sydney to give you that mm -hmm. same example. And I start Googling or Googling or Instagram searching, you know, foodie spots in Sydney or decadent desserts near me or whatever. And then I start, you know, filtering, okay, some are things I've already seen. Some are like, you know, really innovative and that's kind of where I want to go. So, so for that's kind of how I filter for where I want to go film, where I want to go eat. It also depends. So if I want street food and just more of an informal fun dinner and a drink and whatever and keep going. I also look for like most foodie spots in X, Y, or Z city. And I do that via not only maybe Googling, but also, you know, on Instagram and, and looking if there's other foodie creators in the area, I, I sometimes reach out to them. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm going to be in town. Is there anything you recommend? Anything I shouldn't go to? What works? What doesn't? Right. And then if it's fine dining, you know, recently when we were um, in Dubai, right. wait, no, Can you know, Maldives. In the Maldives. Yes, we did the Maldives too, but no, okay. uh, I can't remember where exactly it is. Anyways, I was looking at a, at a 50 best list to see uh, what restaurants of that 50 best were in the city I was in, simply because if you're in the, if you're in the Middle East, maybe you don't visit that often and you want to have like one fine dining night, yeah. then you look, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I like to look at that guide and say, okay, so where, where, where can I go eat? What's you know what's what's good um why is it good and 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 get excited and hyped about why i'm going to go there and then actually go in and check it out. yeah i agree i actually went to my first michelin starred restaurant i'd have to look up the name again it was in italy but last summer and mm -hmm. i still think about it sometimes like their focaccia bread was yeah. the best i've ever had Out of this world. i don't know what yeah. they did to it but it was so good <laughs> No, that's amazing. Yeah, it was so good. I don't think like every single dish was my absolute favorite, but it obviously just depends on where you go and what you order. Right, of course. of course. Do you have any other travels that are coming up? Like, are you, do you have any other plans? I mean, I know you just got back, so. Yeah, no. Well, let's see. We're, we're going to uh, visit some family in Madrid in September. Oh. Um, and then we're also going to Canada uh, with uh, my wife's family. So that should be fun, too. A uh, little tour. Yeah. yeah. Few days, not too long, but you know. Yeah. I have not been to Canada yet, surprisingly. 
I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, really know First why. time, too. Oh, it's your first time? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I went years ago, but a long time ago. So it's, it's, been, it's been quite a bit that I, I'm going to go and it'll feel new, most likely. <laughs> yeah, it was in Toronto area or kind of outside? I think so, yeah, I believe so. Okay, all right, very cool. <laughs> So I'm going to transition to talk about what's next for you. I remember, actually, last time we chatted, I remember you said you had a consumer good product on the way that you were hoping to see in supermarkets one day. How's that going? Uh, Yes. Well, that's still the goal and that's still what we're working towards. And yes, it's still in the making. It's it's in production as we speak. We're we're a step closer every day, if you will. But, But now we're generally like almost almost ready to launch hopefully so um we're, we're aiming for holiday season i think one thing we've learned in the process of of developing a consumer good product is that well a it's the first time that we do it so we're learning all of the ropes every single one of them we we're learning <laughs> so again the patience that we were talking about before right we mm-hmm. wanted to work out tomorrow but you know it takes a little time because the team in uh, the manufacturing plant might be delayed or the designers might be out for a couple of weeks or we take time revising things. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a lot of moving parts, but we're really are working on something beautiful that I think people are going to, are going to love and they're going to allow us to, to have something, you know, very special at their home. So, so that's, that's still coming soon, coming soon. Amazing. I'm going to guess that it's cheesecake related, but we can leave it to dot dot. You'll have to see. <laughs> I will leave you on suspense until we until we're ready to announce. <laughs> but when we are ready to announce, trust me, I will I will email you and be like, hey, I'm ready to send you your PR box. So yeah. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> I love um, I mean I get so, I'm so excited. I want the PR box. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I love it. All right. Anything else exciting or upcoming projects coming up aside from the content? Aside from that, no. Again, content creation with fellow creators, uh, the CPD, the consumer good product, which we just spoke about, and just and just keep keep the videos coming, right? With trying to innovate and trying to make them every time a little more exciting, uh, different, and you know, finding new attention grabbers to keep the audience loving it and engaged and. And, you know, putting out content that's meaningful to them, too. So, yeah. I love that. So I have a short game for you if you're into it. Yeah, go for it. I'm ready. What are we All doing? Right. So I'm going to name five popular baking trends right now, and you're going to tell me if it's a smash or pass kind of thing. Okay, okay. Or okay, again, cool. or smash or pass, whatever your vibe is. Smash or pass means, like, like, yeah, oh, four against. Okay, so smashes, I'll take it. Passes, like, uh, for me kind of thing. Yeah? Beautiful. Yes. Go for it. Correct. Number one, nostalgic desserts. I know you had the Matilda cake, so I'm going to guess you're... Smash. You're for sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I figured. All right, number two. Yeah. Have you seen dessert boards? So basically, like, charcuterie boards, but dessert? I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say pass on that one. That's fair. I think they're kind of overrated i mean they're cute to share and i've done videos of those but i don't know i think i'd rather serve a good slice of something yeah agreed all right number three flan 
That's it. Just smash. Duh. Absolutely yes. I figured that would be your answer. As well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four. Have you seen tea infused desserts? So like green tea or something like that in desserts? Yeah, like like a matcha lava cake situation yeah. or or yeah 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 and i love it by the way we had an so wait smash okay because yes and we just had a, a really good i believe it was um it was a creme brulee but a matcha creme brulee in dubai oh it was incredible so smash for sure i'm not really a creme brulee fan but i just don't think i've had a good enough one yet i think that's uh, yeah. so <laughs> we'll see Number five, candy. Oh, you're going to, I know what your answer is going to be for this one. Um, candy inspired cheesecakes. <laughs> candy inspired cheesecake is a smash, of course, because it, it goes back to this nostalgia. I mean, who yeah. doesn't love a Kit Kat cheesecake or a crunch cheesecake? So yeah, smash. I remember too, when we last talked, we were talking about Valentine's Day and you uh, yes. recommended that we put a Magnum ice cream bar on top of a lava cake. Still recommend that. It's called the Petit Gâteau in certain parts of the world, and it is fantastic. So, yes, I'd say yes. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I mean, no, the Petit Gâteau is the actual, like, cake. The the ice cream bar on top is just, just an add, addition yeah. to it. Yeah, it's just to add, yeah. <laughs> well, anything ice cream enhanced is going to be delicious. So you can't A hundred percent. Completely agree. My final question for you, this is something that I've asked every single guest thus far. If there mm -hmm. is one baking or cooking utensil, product, appliance that you think everyone should splurge on, what would it be and why? In my, okay, well, I can only speak to my personal experience, right? Yes. I'd say the, ooh, I have two. You could do two. two. Can I do two? Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll do two. Here. <laughs> okay i love it okay so one for mixing and everything you know mixing and sauces and the doughs and whatever the kitchenaid has been a lifesaver for me you know the stand mix I absolutely do. incredible absolutely incredible i mean i have to say not for nothing it's awesome and then mm -hmm. uh pans that honestly have i absolutely love having at home hexclad can be them i mean they've been they've been incredible and they also have very awesome stainless steel bowls which you can mix in, in as well and it's outstanding okay i know hexclad often is a partnership with chefs and like content creators too but mm -hmm. i have heard very good things about it so yeah no no, no. and like it really works no i i mean I, in my experience it's been fantastic and to be fully okay. transparent i do work with hexclad as well but i mean yeah. I'm, I'm very very honest and very transparent with you they the 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 pans themselves have been awesome. I also have their knives, super cool too. Okay. Not only are they Damascus knives with you know the beautiful like metal situation going on in the middle of the yeah. knife, but also yeah yeah, but also their the handles are green with like this like green woody vibe, and then they come in uh, in a in a magnet that you can just paste them in and and they kind of stand up very nicely in the kitchen counter. So I mean aesthetic wise, it's awesome as well. But yeah, I mean I've had a great experience with them. I believe that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was super fun and I'm glad we can make it work, even though we got mixed up with every single time we set up. <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, thank you, Olivia. I really, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, as always, it's wonderful talking to you. 
And uh, yeah, I look forward to to seeing your podcast rise to absolute success more than it already is. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You can follow Nico Norena at Succulent Bite on Instagram to keep up with his latest recipes and projects. Hey, fellow foodies. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review. And while you're at it, make sure to follow me at Living for Food Pod on Instagram or TikTok or email me at livingforfoodpod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're cooking up this week, which guests you would like to see on the podcast, or tell me your opinions on the latest viral food trend. Until next time.